over this. Father, we thank you. Thank you that the, the tithe keeps, keeps things rolling and keeps things going, keeps the lights on. It just keeps everything that we need, things that come up. We've got money that we can, can take care of those things. Father, we trust in you, and we thank you for it in Jesus' name. Amen. We had a case this week where if we didn't have tithers, the kids would still be in the Carolinas. We had bus problems. No air conditioning. The expansion valve, after they got out there, the expansion valve went out, which is down next to the condenser, and could not get the part for two weeks. So we had to rent a bus, school bus, to run the kids around for a day while they were out there. And then Jeremy had to drive a bus that was hitting three digits in the heat wave. We don't want, don't, if you know the temperature of the bus, do not repeat it. <laughs> I don't want the church to get sued. It got that hot, but they persevered, and uh, when Drew got off, he took his T-shirt off, and it was just sopping wet from just the sweat, so everybody was sweating. I don't know how you did it. God bless you for driving that bus. Uh, nobody knows. I mean, it's not easy to drive anyway, and then that added to the entertainment, but they made it home, uh, had to, couldn't go through Tennessee because traffic, traffic situations had to go up to Lexington and across, so it took a little longer. Uh, but they're home, and, and they're red, and everything's good. Announcement-wise, uh, we're, and I will bring this up after service, we've got a gift for all the fathers, so when you go out, make sure to go out this direction and grab, and, uh, grab your gift. We'll make sure you get that. Bible study, 630 uh, tonight. Uh, it's on spiritual famine. Uh, they've been so good. And ladies, Bible study Unless we get an air conditioner repaired here, they'll be back in here uh, this, this Monday, tomorrow afternoon. And Ken Gobb will be here. Uh, he's already called for an 86-year-old man. You talk about pumped up. He's, he loves to come here. He just loves the people. He's going to be here Sunday morning and also Sunday night at 630. His flights got all messed up, so he doesn't leave out till Monday afternoon. So he said, why don't we do Sunday night? I said, we can do that. So... Be here Sunday night. Good for that. Also, uh, fathers, uh, sometimes it's a tough job, but aren't you glad God anoints you and graces you to do the job? We were talking just down here just a few minutes ago. You, you don't stop being a father. Once you've had kids and once they've grown up and once they've got kids, you're still a father. And uh, getting grounded in the word is the answer to every father. If we can recognize that, and live by the word. You know, every family here, every family everywhere is dysfunctional. And we tend to, we tend to take the hurts and we tend to take how we were trained, how our father trained us, and we take it on. But I have found that a whole lot of what I learned wasn't the way God wanted it done. And I've had to adjust and still adjusting in being a father and a grandpa and all that in that. So, you know, this is, this is my father's message today because Jenny's going to get up. Guys, trust God and stay in the Word. And don't look back and say, I wished I had it because you can't change what you wished you had of. You just change it from today and watch what God does in your heart. And he, he, can make a, he can make a good father out of you. And what's so cool about it, when you mess up, God's grace is there to fix it for you. And you will. 
mess up as a father, I promise. But God's good. God's good. Jenny's going to get up and share with uh, the ups and the downs and the good that the kids had and all that took place. Uh, the trip home had to have just been... Normally when they get home, they're all pumped up and they're all standing around. I think last trip, John, John's not here. John, wasn't it like 1 o'clock before they, they stood around and talked and talked and we finally said, go home. Well, not this time. They got out of the bus and they went to their cars and they left because it was, it was how many hours? 12 hours getting home? 12 hours of, of 100 plus degrees on the bus and 100 plus percent of humidity. And if you don't believe that, you should have gotten the bus yesterday morning. I've got one of those ozone machines running in it right now to survive it. It was that bad, but God's good. Jenny, come on up. Yep, that, that would help. I'll turn mine on. Can I ask you guys a huge favor? Can you guys squeeze over here? Because I want to see all my, all my red shirts. Can you guys squeeze over here? I asked them early on in the week to hold me accountable. And so I know that from their faces and reactions, they'll do that. First of all, I just want to say thank you to everyone that helped us get this experience. Um, and it truly was an experience. We had kids that had the opportunity to experience Christ in a way they hadn't before because half of these kids had never been on a mission trip. The other half had been to the same location. So it was a very different experience because we don't normally go back to back to the same place. So um, it was fun to see, but... God did so many things. Like, we thought we knew. You know, we always kind of think we know. And then he's like, yeah, that's your plan. And I'll do some of that. But you just wait and see what I'm going to really do. And he really did some things. But if you made cookies for the cookie walk or you made chili for the chili cook-off, um, I hope that you got your thank you card. But if you didn't, it should be on its way. I know several got them yesterday. We mailed them from our destination, but I carried them in my backpack for two days. And I was like, oh, they're not going to get to them if I don't put them in the mail. So my bad. I carried a lot of things in my backpack for more than two days. And I'm like, why is this thing so heavy? We had 27 youth that attended this trip. And we had four adults with a total of 31 headed everywhere that we went. So we have to count off. We have a few numbers that we're still not sure who they are because they weren't very loud. And we're like, is love in here? Yeah. Or somebody would say the number because they just wanted to get to theirs. They were excited and just wanted to go. So we did have to recount. We know a few things in 413. We're not good at numbers, counting in, in order. And we're not good at shapes. When you say make a circle, we make an oval or a triangle or a square. But when we say circle up, it's really never a circle. But... We're all a work in progress, and we got the job done. But a huge thank you. You might say, those cookies were so long ago, I forgot about that. Or the chili that was so long ago, I forgot about that. Well, we didn't, because it helped us get there. 
and we are so grateful for that. One of the things I, I wrote down at the beginning, because I don't want to forget this, is they collect a mission offering while we're there. And so this year's mission was kind of amazing because they're going to be helping a group of people with a church plant and things in Colombia. I'm not going to try and pronounce that place because I won't get it right. And the other was a church plant that's taking place in St. Louis. So that was so cool because for some of our kids, that's their home state. And so there was a lot of footage we saw every night um, of the arch and just some things that was going on there. And so that was real exciting. And the, and the pastors that are doing that church, um, she's from that neighborhood. And so she's going to be, uh, her and her husband are going to be doing this church. So that was kind of an amazing thing. And so we knew that the mission offering was going to be on Thursday night. And in my room, pause right there, they put us 21 girls in two rooms. So we had 10 in one room, 11 in the other, and I knew that going in, and I was like, Krista, this, if we need something to pray over, this is going to be it. There was 10 sets of bunk beds in one room, yay, and 11 in the other. So we had a lot of girls sharing a bathroom. And towels. And towels. <laughs> but we, we all made it. But that was a stretch. So that morning on Thursday, we were talking about the mission offering, and I was like, so what do you guys think it'll be? Anybody got any guesses? And, you know, they were like, I bet it's going to be over $10,000. And I was like, I know how many of you guys have went to the coffee shop and how many coffees you've bought this week and sweatshirts and T-shirts. And, like, I don't think anybody's got ten, enough for $10,000 here, you know, at this time because we're just one group. And I saw all of y'all at the coffee shop. But we were blessed to be a part of this group that just in the time that we were there, in that one offering, they raised $11,113 from youth to go out and plant churches. <clears throat> and to me, that's super exciting, and it's super exciting that it's just next door to us. There's a church in St. Louis that is going to have what they need that was just amazing to me. So I had to apologize because and, and I was like, I was off. You guys were way closer than I was. So that was very exciting. One other thing that was super exciting, I don't really know what the attendance was there. I didn't get a, a final number. But in the dining hall, it seemed like that we were trying to feed the 5,000. The lines were crazy. They had 10-minute intervals, and it needed to be an hour. There was a line longer to get your tray back than there was, I don't know, I probably... There was 1,700 there, is what Jeremy's telling me. I knew it was over 15, but I didn't know how much. So um, out of those, there were 44 youth that made a commitment for the very first time in their life to put Jesus the Lord of their life and to follow after a relationship with him. Some of those came from this body. There were several that rededicated their lives. There were some that said, I thought I was doing good, but God has spoke to me about a few things that I'm struggling with, and I'm going to lay those things down this week. And so a lot happened, and a lot is still happening, okay? Um, so I want to quickly just go over, I want to start with the teachings, because if we, if we don't get into all the fun things that we did, you'll see it. We have a video at the end, and you'll get to see that. But some of the teaching that we sat under, guys, 1 to 10, what was the teaching? 
I did not prompt them. I think we were there maybe 24 hours when I started hearing this question. Can we come back next year? Can you sign us up? They talked about pre-registration. Ms. Jenny, you can get a backpack. Just please register us, please, please. I could get a free t-shirt. Register us. By Thursday, I had a couple that said, can we just come here every year? Like, can we just let this? And I'm like, you haven't even been on any other trip to know what's out there. It can't be better than this. So it was amazing. So we started out, we left on Saturday. We didn't really have much teaching on Saturday. Saturday was to hear the GPS say, you have reached your destination. That was a long time coming, but we did reach our destination. Um, and so I told them that night before we got off the bus, because it was late when we got there, and I said, hey, you guys want to know what your surprise is tomorrow? They're like, yeah. Well, actually, they're like, yeah, because they were tired. And so we got up Sunday morning, and we went to Elevation Church, and we worshiped during their, ev- yes, there's a whole inside story about that. You can ask Brianna about that. She'll be more than happy to explain that to you. She knows Dutch now, and she learned that on the trip. So um, we went there for their, not, their first service of the day at the Valentine location. We went there last year. That's their televised service. If you want to watch the service to see what the first message we heard, you can go to their website and check it out. We sat down last night, and we had it on our TV. And actually, you can see some of you guys. Just letting you know, you're, you made it. They're there. The worship was amazing. The teaching was amazing. Um, we do highs and lows every day, and that night, the majority of the kids said that their high was the message that day. We went to an amusement park after that, and the high was that message. And these kids, okay, I won't say who, but several of our boys even said it was the message. It held my attention. I was interested. I couldn't get enough of it. Okay, that's how we, we're not even to our official destination yet. And that's what we started out with. So that sermon was all about our purpose, that we all have a purpose. And one of the things I could go on and just his whole message was crazy amazing. But he said, if next hasn't come, it's because God still has something to teach you in the now. So if you want to know more about that, I would encourage you to check out that service. So true. So true. We have kids that are transitioning into high school. We have kids that are trying to figure out about college. And we have just some kids that don't really know, they don't really know what's next. And so for confirmation of it's okay to stay right where you're at right now because God still has some things that he wants to deposit into you. So that was amazing. So then we get to Fuge the next day. We have some fun things first, but I'll share the fun after. Monday, oh my goodness, the whole theme of Fuge this year was Matchless One. And Monday night we got there, we have, we move in, the girls, they live at the top of the mountain. Everything is uphill both ways. Um, Somebody reached, Libby, how many miles did you walk? 23, was it? 25 miles back and forth to the chapel, to the door. I mean, it's just, it's a mountain. Everything is uphill both ways. So we get there, and that night's teaching, this is just a, I just pulled out a few of the nuggets because I really want you guys to grasp what 
what God said, because it's for you too. It's not just for them. He said, your thanking, your gender, your status, or your past will not redirect Jesus from pursuing you. You might think, oh, I've done that. It's too bad. Or, oh, I'm a girl, and so God can't use me in that area. Or I'm a guy, and he'll never use me in that area. Or nobody knows who I am, or I don't have the right last name, or whatever. But be assured, if you've ever thought that, if the enemy has ever tried to tell you that, sorry, game over, Satan. Jesus will never stop pursuing you. There's, there is no, but this, he will never stop pursuing you. He also said that many want a savior. We talked about this that night in our debrief. Many people come to a place of wanting a savior, but not everyone wants a Lord. That was one of those brick walls we hit. We all want a savior. We all want to go to heaven, but we don't always want a Lord to make him Lord of our life that's going to say, probably shouldn't do that. Need to adjust that. You're doing good, but I got better for you if you'll do this. I've got better for you if you won't do that. That's the Holy Spirit just guiding and directing us. He also had a really, really great word that he said that your friends are not the standard to live by. This is. I think all of us need to be reminded of that daily. And he said, if Jesus is truly the matchless one, then why are we allowing lesser things to rival his place? So we love Pastor Travis. He was amazing. Um, and we kind of named it, and we, we had a name for his teaching style, and it was the blunt gospel. And we loved it. We thrived on it. We were ready to hear him. We heard him in the morning, and we heard him at night, and we were so excited and waited to hear what he had to say. And I'm not kidding. Out of all the crazy, fun, amazing things that we did, every night, multiple people's high was hearing the word of God. That's what we went for. Because when you hear it, you're changed. So look out, because these red shirts, they have begun to change and it's not over. So on the next day, we talked about matchless sacrifice. And Pastor Travis said that living sacrifices tend to keep crawling off the altar. Okay, so what did I learn from that? That we need to die to ourselves. He also said that we are all living for someone's acceptance. Man, that's true in this day and age more than ever. But the only acceptance that we should be living for is to hear Jesus Christ himself say, well done, thy good and faithful servant. He even said that in heaven, we struggle with this two lines. Oh my goodness, single file line, that's, that's sometimes hard. But he said when you get to heaven, it's a single file line in, it's just you. And you're looking and seeking the acceptance of the Father himself. He said, whose acceptance that you consistently pursue is the one that you will ultimately worship? Some of us are pursuing acceptance from people, places, and things. And when we actively pursue that, that is what becomes where our worship goes into that person 
that place, or that thing. God has no rivals. Jesus Christ is matchless. There is no one close to him. He said that sacrifice means that something has to change in my normal. See what I mean about blunt gospel? Very true. If everything is just the way it always was, then it's really not a sacrifice for me. That when my normal every day has to be adjusted because I'm going to spend time in the Word, I'm going to have to set that time aside, or I'm going to enter into worship, my normal has to adjust. He made a note about Isaac had already seen a sacrifice whenever he was headed with his father to the altar. He was old enough, and in his day and time, he had already seen a sacrifice. But guess what? Isaac carried the wood to the place that he could have been the sacrifice. It goes back to the story of Jesus because Jesus, had, he'd seen sacrifice, he knew, but Jesus Christ carried a wooden cross to the sacrifice knowing all the while. In our debrief that night, a statement was made by our church group leader, and he said, the gospel is not just for lost people. And sometimes we forget that. We're so quick to try and tell them what to do, and we forget that this needs to be covering me every day of my life. I need to be getting into it. I need to be applying it because it's not just for lost people. So that day was matchless sacrifice. The next day we talked that Satan can't stop you from making progress, but he will try to distract you from making that progress. We looked at Joseph and compared him to Jesus and, and the similarities there. We saw the empty tomb and he talked about when, when they went that morning to the tomb. And there was a lot of chuckles in this because when, they, when Mary went, she, she stayed. When the men went, they went home. But ultimately, she became the first missionary, a woman who went to tell others that he is risen. He's not there. Isn't that what we're supposed to be telling everyone? He's not in a grave. He's alive. The statement was made that you can't just follow a risen Savior and go back to normal life. And he posed this question with an amazing story. If you, knew, if you thought that someone was dead and you found out they were alive, how would you react? How would you feel? The story he shared was heart-wrenching because it's really happened before where people thought that their loved one had died and found out that through the car accident and the identity, their loved one was in a hospital, still alive, and the person that they buried wasn't their relative. You can't go back to normal when you find that news. It changes everything. The empty tomb still changes everything. We've got to put down dead things. We talked about matchless forgiveness, that 
you find the will of God. Some people say, I just don't know what God's will is for my life. You find the will of God in the word of God. And this week, we were in the word of God multiple times a day, and we started finding the will. These guys started seeking and finding. His word says, seek first the kingdom, and everything else is going to happen for you. And these guys had time set aside this week multiple times a day that they were seeking and God was revealing some things to them. We also talked about how in, in Jesus' time, Satan came and tempted him, and we hear that. But did you ever really stop to look at, at how he tempted him? He tempted him in every way. So what makes us think that we won't be tempted in every way? He said that Satan knows when and where you are weak, and he knows how to get to you. He also said that sometimes we get tired in our walk with the Lord because we're drifting. The further I get from this, the harder it is for me to know what my will is. That's like having a GPS in your car and not turning it on. So I wonder why I got on a side street it's because I was drifting away from the answer of where I was supposed to go. We talked about matchless obedience. We also talked about the last day, matchless risk. And we talked about Esther. And we saw some comparisons in Esther's life and in Jesus' life. And just a couple of takeaways from that day that we really talked about on the ride home was to be the type of Christian who refuses to never get over what Jesus did for you. If, you, if that's like something that you need to write in your car or on your mirror or on your refrigerator, wherever it is that you go every day, I want to challenge you to do that because that statement reminds you when the bus is not cool, the air conditioners went out, it's okay. I can have matchless forgiveness like Christ, and I'm not going to take it on the people around me because you know what? What Jesus did for me is greater than the heat that I'm riding in right now. It's bigger than the fleshly things that we try to let them rise up and take the place. He also said that Jesus has given us so much for us to offer our bare minimum back to him. And how many times do we do that? So they were challenged in some deep, deep ways. Our highs and lows every day were very exciting. I will tell you that on the way home, we did overall trip highs and lows. The overall low was two things. Lack of sleep, no AC in the bus. The overall highs was worship, was the message, the teachings. Overall, that's what it was. Um, we did a lot of fun, crazy things. And we have time to get to that, so I'm going to jump in over that really quick. Last year's trip when we went to this location, something happened afterwards, and so we started in 413 a daily devotional. It happens Monday through Friday, except for the days that it, it doesn't happen, right, guys? <laughs> 
There's a few days there that I have other things going on, and I'm like, whoa, it's 8 o'clock at night, and I didn't send anything out. Um, But it's amazing to see, because of that, what's happened in our group. People are sharing that Devo. They don't know how to share with their friends at school, but they're sharing that Devo with other kids they go to school with. And so starting this week, we'll be recapping everything and just kind of putting some of those nuggets out there. Some of the kids that weren't a part of that, they've jumped on board with that. I encourage you to ask your kids about it. Let them share that with you because there's some great things that are happening through that. So on Saturday, we left at 7 a.m. on a summer morning. Some kids didn't realize that there's still a 7 a.m. in the summertime. But we made it. We got going. Everything was great. We stopped for our meals at rest stops just to kind of help move things along. And we had fun there. One of the things we encouraged everyone to do on our trips is sit with someone different every meal and ask them something about themselves and get to know them. And so I know some things, but there are some things I just can't remember. And I reminded them that I'm getting old. And so I would need hints, but we had fun with that. Some of the facts that we would share about each other was interesting. So we all kind of got to know each other right out of the gate, and that was fun. So we, we went to um, the hotel, and we all kind of settled in, or we should have, but not everybody did. So we were up late. Come on, guys, get to bed. We got a big thing. The next morning we get up, we head to Elevation Church. Your kids can get up early to get to church, let me tell you. We did. We had to leave early. We got there. It was amazing. They were welcomed. Um, Everyone was so kind to us. They were starting a youth thing on their Wednesday night. So someone from their church reaches out and finds me and is like, hey, so we would love for you guys to be here Wednesday. I said, well, we're going to kind of be an hour and a half, 45 minutes away, and we're on a mission trip. He's like, ah, I didn't know how far you were. I was going to pay for your gas to get back here. And I'm like, you don't realize we're driving a bus that gets five miles a gallon. (laughs) But if you want to pay for, you know. So, um, but they they were just so welcoming to us and everyone enjoyed it so much. From there, we went and had pizza and then we headed to Carowinds Amusement Park, which we went to last year. It's a really neat place because the North Carolina line runs through the park. So yes, I'm standing here before you now to say there was hours throughout that day that there could not have been an adult in the same state as your kid because we just let them go, you know. I'm hoping that we split up well enough that, that they couldn't get out of the park, so we felt pretty good. So you'll see pictures of us. Um, with There'll be kids hanging off of some posts. One side is North Carolina, one is South Carolina, and we were actually split into two different states at the same time, and that was a ton of fun. Um, not everyone enjoyed all the roller coasters, and some enjoyed them a lot. Some said, I'll do this one, And that's the only one I'm going to do. But lots of fun with that. They split up. They went out, had a great time. We did a photo, um, not really a scavenger hunt, but they had to try and recreate a picture in a store with a certain hat making a certain face. And so that was fun to see how they did that. So then the next day, I said, you guys ready for another surprise? Because they thought we would sleep in. You don't sleep on a much trip. So the next day we got up and we headed to Ridgecrest, which is about an hour and 45 minutes. And while we were just about 10 minutes away, we stopped at an escape room. If you've never done an escape room, you need to. Totally fun. We did four rooms. Um, We did two groups. 
And half of us survived and half of us didn't. So I was in a group that drowned on the submarine, but it was still tons of fun. If you've never done a, an escape room with youth, you should, because that was hilarious. We were over halfway through before we realized, one of our clues finally revealed to us, that we were in a boat that was going down, so everything was this way. So all of our directions were off trying to get the locks out because we didn't realize that we were walking on the wall. So, but it was so fun. It was a great surprise. Many of them had not done an escape room and had, you had, they had done one, but none of the other adults had done one. So we weren't really a lot of help, you know, but it was tons of fun. We were only eight minutes away. The, the place and the people there were super. We got right into Fuge and then it begins. Dun, 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 dun. The first day participation at Fuge, you either have to be all in or you get left behind. And so trying to get everybody to participate right out of the gate sometimes is hard. So I thought, you know, they're going to want a crazy picture. Not everybody's into making crazy faces for a crazy picture. But we did it, and when we did it, we all drew mustaches on our fingers. So this was our regular picture, crazy picture, and we all go, and we had mustaches. And that was something I guess I hadn't seen because it immediately got us on the Fuge Ridgecrest Instagram page like that. So it was fun. Um, from there, we, we were at Fuge the rest of the time. Our mission site was to go to, maybe you guys have heard of the Cove or the Billy Graham Training Center. So it was, it was at that location. It was Cedar Hill Camp, and we did yard work there. Um, that was really neat because... Billy Graham and his wife had walked that grounds and they'd prayed over the future people coming and doing things. And so, in a sense, to know that what we did, Billy Graham himself had prayed over us coming. That was kind of a hang on, something's going to happen moment. Um, Pastor mentioned about the bus, no AC. So the next day we're trying to figure things out. What are we going to do? And God is so faithful. Through some crazy communication that wasn't expected, Cross Point of India happened to be an hour from us in the States. They shouldn't be in India, but they were right there. And so they came, and we got to talk one-on-one -on -one with missionaries that we support halfway around the world. And so we got to ask questions. They found out how they got together. Crazy thing, you'll have to ask them because the proposal was through a fax when it was faxed home. So the guys were like, I don't think I should be faxing no guy about Mary and his daughter. But we had a great time with that, hearing about the, the monkeys that come and take the laundry and all those kind of things. And we got to be in the air condition the whole time. So that was exciting. And then the band that was leading worship, Russia Fools, was there for the week. I happened to have met them many years ago and have been in contact with them. And so I was like, hey, this is what's going on. So they came and did a Q&A with us, which was really cool because we were so moved by their worship. So God just orchestrated so many things. Again, we could have been out in the heat for four hours, but he let us be in the air condition because he knew that we were going to get a long ride home without it. So he was kind of softening us up. Um, Thursday, we went back and we did some more yard work. Thursday was a crazy day. We had Mega Relay, which is, you're going to see in the video, it's a relay of the craziest things you can think of. That's what you do. And it's on top of the mountain which was an, a mile and a half to get to the top of it. 
And then that night, we had a silent disco. So if you follow us on our Facebook page, you got to see the silent disco, and it's a not-so-silent silent disco because everyone has headphones. There's three different channels. So people are listening to three different songs, and everyone is singing as loud as they can because they can't hear themselves. But when you take your headphones off, you hear mass chaos. Ton of fun. They loved it, and just so happens that I have a coupon, so we're trying to find out, find out when we can do one, because it is so fun. And then we had pictures, we had prizes for costumes. Naya and Kevin kind of, they blew us all out of the water with their costumes, so you'll see that. Kevin Prangy has dance moves we didn't know he had. Um, so you'll see all of that in the video. And then Friday is always the tough day. It's the day that we have to load the bus. It's the day that we have to, well, we can't, we're so sleep deprived. And we're trying to stay awake. And we have to say goodbye to the friends that we've made. We have to say goodbye to the time that we set aside because we come back to our lives and we get busy. And those are some of the distractions that the enemy has for us is to keep us busy. I will say God moved before the silent disco. Not that God can't move after one, but he moved before one. Thursday night, the best word I could use to describe our group in a positive way was we were broken. God broke us down so that he could build us up. Unity. We had bracelets that we put on at the beginning of the week to be unified. God did things in there People hugged and loved on each other. People told each other that they loved him, and they said, I've never told you this, but I love you. I appreciate you. Some of the things that I know that came back are this big. Some accepted Jesus Christ for the very first time, had never made a commitment to follow him. Your cookies helped make that happen. Your chili, it led someone to the Lord. That's what he does. He does the impossible. We have some that have decided after being away for a week that they spend a lot of time on social media and it's consuming them. And in that time, they could be in the word. They could be in prayer. They could be in worship. Some have chosen accountability partners within this group and said, here's my device, change my password, I don't want it. I'm going to try to go a month without it. I'm going to try and go a week without it. And the only way I can get on it is I have to t come to you, and you're going to hold me accountable and say, don't give in yet. It's only been two hours. <laughs> Some have realized that they're trying to carry the weight of the world, and they were not designed to do it. And this week, they got to just break free and be the 13, 14, 15, 16, 7-year-old kids that God created them to be. New friendships were made. So many people said, I got to know so-and-so better. I got to know so-and-so better. Old relationships were reconciled. We truly encountered the matchless one. And we'll never be the same. When we left, the last thing, one of the last things that Pastor Travis said is the next 48 hours are so crucial. 
because you're headed back home. And you have an opportunity to go back in just the way you were. Or you can take this experience, let it be a foundation, let it be a brick that was laid, and you build off of it. And that's what we plan to do. So I want to ask that you guys, um, that you help us in that. Continue to pray for us. The trip is over, but the encounter hasn't stopped. And some are going back to jobs, and some are going to be home. Some don't know what their summer is going to hold. And we would still appreciate your prayers as we try and figure out what it means to carry the matchless one through every day of our life, not just for us, but to share it. God did some amazing things, and I'm so excited about that. We do have a video that we're going to share with you, but before we do that, Miss Krista's going to come up. She wanted to share a couple of things, and then um, we'll get to that video in just a second. I think this Whiteman. Oh, okay. All right. Um, first of all, as a church body, we need to thank Jenny for all she does. She not only pours out of her gifting tirelessly, ministering to these kids, but she sacrifices so much more than you know, more than what I know. And she does not do this for applause. She does this in effort to share Jesus with our kids. <clears throat> God's doing an amazing work through you, and leadership trickles down. So uh, many amazing things happened on this trip, but big breakthrough didn't happen until our last night, and Jenny mentioned that. We had prayed all week. We had prayed leading up to this trip, and I had this experience where I felt like my prayers were hitting a wall. I was disappointed. Um, th there was a lot of amazing things going on, but there were still things where we needed breakthrough. Um, I was disappointed in kind of people's actions sometimes. You get tired on these trips, personalities come out, uh, circumstances just get tough sometimes. And I thought things might be better at that point. Uh, attitudes, I thought they might change more for the better in the way that we were all treating each other. I want a better for this trip. I want a better for you guys. Uh, but prayer and surrender are powerful things. So God did not move because of anything that I did. <clears throat> but he does show himself to be faithful. He's so faithful. And he does answer prayer. And it's in his timing. It was interesting because Jeremy, Kevin, and myself all had similar experiences that we had been praying and praying and wondering when breakthrough was going to happen. And it happened at different times, but it did happen. Um, our experiences were at different times. So when I laid down my disappointments in the way that I, think, I thought things should go, and I made the conscious decision to praise him regardless of the outcome that I could see in front of me, things changed. Something broke in me. Tears fell because I knew he would come through no matter what. God moved in such a mighty way that night. He made cracks in some walls, and he tore down others. 
he made ways where it looked like things were impossible, and he did what only he could do. <laughs> and that was our prayer all along. There was visible change after that point because his presence is matchless. He showed himself to be faithful because that's who he is. <laughs> I'm not saying things are perfect now. We've got it all together. Everything's 100%. But there is night and day difference. We could see it in each of you. Yes. It's amazing. And I'm believing for more and more progress, more and more unity amongst the group. Um, and I know that's going to happen. We're praying for it and we're believing for it. And he has proven himself to be faithful. This was an amazing trip. <laughs> and none of us will be the same. Our church will never be the same because they're sitting right here. So thank you, Jesus. I do want to give a huge thank you to Krista and Kevin and Jeremy. Um, I was texting with Kevin this morning, and one of the things that I, you know, you go into this, and you don't, you're, it's all, like, it's the whole week. <laughs> it's everything. It's the highs, it's the lows, it's the good, the bad, the ugly. You deal with all of it. And I am so blessed that Miss Krista's at the high school here in town. So these kids got to see that they need someone in a secular setting, she's got their back. She's there for them. They can come to her and talk to her. The other thing is, Jeremy and Kevin are such godly men. And our youth got to see what a godly man looks like. And they got to see what a god godly father, because they were father figures on this trip. They had to say, you did not take a shower. You were in there two and a half seconds. Go back, try it again. Okay? Or get off those rocks, come down on the path, you're going to get hurt. You know, just all those kind of fatherly things. They did all of that. And I'm so thankful for them. And Jeremy is the most amazing, anointed, talented, gifted bus driver that anyone could ever have. Amazing. And I thank you all so much. And I think the church, the leadership, and the staff here for making this a priority. This is huge. There are kids that have left our youth group years ago, and they still talk about the trips that they went on. It is life-changing. So thank you guys so much for making this a priority. There are lives that you will get to experience here, and you'll see their souls in heaven because of these trips. We have a video that I want to share with you. So if you're watching online, thank you so much. Um, we are going to end the service here, but you can follow it at a different location. Um, you're going to see crazy stuff. There's a lot of crazy that happens. But I wanted you to hear about the godly things that happen. Because in a video, it's real easy to just be like, did they even learn about the Lord? Were they even in a service? Oh, yeah, we were. But God showed us that we can have fun worshiping him. So enjoy. <laughs> 